as you look back on your military career, what's the proudest moment that, that you had? Just seeing the, especially during that time, because we're, we're post 9-11, seeing the, the outpouring of other, other Americans who felt the same calling that I had to serve their nation. Uh, I enlisted, so I was uh, kind of a, a unique individual because I didn't use my law school degree or my college degree. I went in as an e E4. Um, so there's a lot of people in basic training, obviously had the, the highest amount of education in my basic training class. And just these people who wanted to serve their country and uh, felt called to join the army. I would have to say that that's, a, that's an honor to be a part of an organization where you have people who are volunteering to put themselves in harm, harm's way, to give up their freedoms to serve our nation. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential. You know, each year, America celebrates its veterans, but there are some that continue to serve, this time in a different role by representing their community in Congress. And our guest today, graduated from the University of Florida with both an undergraduate and a law degree, and then he went on to answer the call to serve. He enlisted in the U.S. Army, and he served from 2004 to 2008 as an Airborne Infantry Officer and a JAG Corps Officer. He served as the Chief of Detainee Operations for Multinational Division North in Iraq with the 25th Infantry Division in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. That was from 2006 to 2007. And then in 2010, he was elected to Florida State House, in 2016 to the Florida Senate, and in 2018 to the U.S. Congress. Now, he currently serves on the House Ways and Means Committee and the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. He has a strong belief in the principles of limited government and individual liberties. I want to welcome Florida's 17th Congressional District U.S. House member, Congressman Greg Stubbe. All right. Well, Congressman, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So did you first of all, did you ever think that you would serve in the military when you were a, when you were a boy, when you were young? Was that a dream you had or did, was it just something that you kind of fell into? No, I grew up in a law enforcement family. My father was a, a sheriff a deputy, ended up being sheriff of our county, uh, our whole home county, but uh, never really had any military aspirations. Uh, went to college. I worked on several ranches. I got a bachelor's degree in beef cattle science and uh, was kind of moving into ag policy and wanted to manage cattle operations, which led me uh, to, to the agriculture law, which led me to law school, but didn't really have an aspiration to join the military. So what made you decide to sign up? Yeah, for me, everything was about September 11th. Um, I was in my first semester of law school when the towers were hit. I have obviously everybody that was alive didn't have vivid memories about where they were when that happened. And I had fellow brothers and sisters who were Army reservists who were getting called up and pulled out of law school to uh, join their units to deploy. And I, I looked at it as my generation's opportunity to serve. I, I heeded the calls of then... George W. Bush of him asking for people that are able-bodied and uh, willing to serve their country, and I felt a calling to do it. So I enlisted, finished law school early, and enlisted as an, an infantryman in the U.S. Army. 
So I guess I'd ask the question. So my dad served in, during World War II, and it was right after Pearl Harbor, and he just felt he felt the call, like so many did then. Yeah. Uh, and and you're telling that same story around September 11th. Do you think that that feeling still exists in the hearts and minds of Americans? I think it does. Definitely, when you see, you know, there was a, a lot of us that because the towers were hit, felt that longing and calling to serve our nation because our country has been attacked. Um, anytime your family, your community, your country, uh, that obviously I'm a very patriotic person, um, has been attacked, you feel like, look, I'm physically able to do it. Um, I feel like I'm mentally capable. And why shouldn't I spend a small amount of my time during my life serving our country to fight against terrorism? So why did you, Mike, I remember talking to my dad and him telling me the story about why he joined the Navy. He felt like, hey, uh, I'm going to at least get a, a bed and, a, a, you know, some some food every day. If I join the Army, I'll be stuck in a foxhole somewhere. Yeah, why, did, why did you decide to serve in the Army? Yeah, it was kind of a, you know, when the towers were first hit, I, I was actually wanted to be a SEAL. And I went and talked to them and obviously they didn't have any slots. And then I had read a bunch of force recon diaries when I was younger, like in middle school uh, from the Vietnam era of the Marine force recons. And so I went to the Marine Corps recruiting station. I said, if you can assure me a slot in a force recon unit, I, I, I realize I have to go through the training and qualify um, then I'll sign today. And they didn't have a slot available. And uh, as I did more research about the airborne and the, the infantry units and all of this, it kind of kept leading me back to the Army. I talked to a lot of people that were at the University of Florida at the time um, who gave me good advice. And um, I went that direction just because the airborne school that Navy SEAL guys and Anglico, go, Anglico guys and Force Recon guys go to is the Army. Um, a lot of our, the training that's done for your, your special warfare units are through the Army. And I just felt a calling that I, I'm more of a land and air guy. Like I, I'm airborne qualified, have no problem jumping out of an airplane, but I'd much rather, unlike your dad, I don't want to be on a ship and I don't want to be in a submarine. <laughs> I'd much rather have my feet on the ground. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what as you look back on your military career, what's the proudest moment that, that you had? Yeah, I guess just seeing the, especially during that time, because we're, we're post 9-11, seeing the, the outpouring of other, other Americans who felt the same calling that I had to serve their nation. Uh, I enlisted, so I was uh, kind of a, a unique individual because I didn't use my law school degree or my college degree. I went in as an e E4. Um, so there's a lot of people in basic training, obviously had the, the highest amount of education in my basic training class. And just these people who wanted to serve their country and uh, felt called to join the army. I would have to say that that's, a, that's an honor to be a part of an organization where you have people who are volunteering to put themselves in harm, harm's way, to give up their freedoms to serve our nation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's such, a, such an amazing calling. We talk about it on this show all the time that, you know, the, 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 the Constitution, the, the uh, Bill of Rights, all of those uh, documents and those freedoms that we have have been defended, you know, year after year, decade after decade by people who have made that sacrifice and who've answered the call like you did. I mean, it really is a, a special thing and America's a special place because of that. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how did uh, being in the military and your service in the military prepare you? Uh, of course, you were in the Florida State Legislature and then now in the U.S. House. How did it prepare you for that? 
I think the best thing is working as a team. You know, in the military, you can't accomplish anything by yourself. Your unit has to work together. Your company has to work together. Your platoon has to work together for a common mission, goal, and objective. And uh, taking that type of focus uh, that you learn in the military to try to achieve some type of goal or try to achieve some type of objective, I think is very paralleling to the service in the legislature and the service in Congress. And if we focus as a team, um, and we have two teams up here in Washington, the Democrats and the Republicans, and if we focus as a team on what our strategic objective is, uh, if we come together, we can accomplish that. And so I think that I, I wish more people um, have military background that would serve our country in uh, the political arena, because I think it gives them that characteristic that you can't do this by yourself. You need a team around you to do it. You want to surround yourself with intelligent, capable people to be part of that team to to accomplish whatever mission is and objective you have in front of you. So what do you see as the differences between, um, you know, your service and your time in the military and now your service in Congress? I'm sure it's a very different thing to be a member of Congress, a very different feeling to it. But what, what are the differences and I guess what are the similarities? Well, the similarities is I feel like I'm deployed every single week because you're away from your family. <laughs> sure. And like we've been up here. This is now the eighth straight week we've been in Washington because of all the things going on up here. Uh, we're going to have one week, hopefully off uh, during Thanksgiving. And then we will roll into three straight weeks back up here. And uh, so you feel like every week you're on a deployment because you leave your family, you leave your home, you come up here to do a job and then you go home. So I would think I, I would say that's kind of like a similarity um, which is which a lot of members would tell you that's what it feels like. You're on a, a week long deployment deployment every week from your family and then you get to go home for a couple of days. Um, the difference is, is as you, in the military, obviously, you, you have that one team thought, that one objective thought uh, in politics. Unfortunately, you have a lot of people who get involved in politics and involved in the legislature for not team related reasons, but for selfish reasons for things that they, they specifically want to accomplish, but don't realize that they need a, a team behind them to accomplish those goals. And uh, so that that's kind of the difference. You have a lot of people who do things to get on TV, to grandstand, to that sort of thing. And that's just not what we should be focused on. We should be focused on what we can do together to accomplish whatever mission it is, uh, whatever objective it is to move the ball forward for the team. And uh, I wish there was more of that in Washington. I wish there was more of that cohesion that you see in a military operation, because in a military operation, obviously lives matter and um, you've got life and death on the line and you're dealing with very expensive, very uh, articulate, very sophisticated equipment. So everybody needs to be focused on what whatever the goal is. You know, you, you talked about having that common goal in, in the military, and I, I worry sometimes looking at our politics today, uh, I think 20 or 30 years ago, we all had the same goal, right? We wanted yeah. what was best for America. I do worry, and I, I think there are certainly both, there, there are Democrats and Republicans who, who certainly love America, love the system that we have, love capitalism. But there are other people, I think, in the political realm who maybe don't love capitalism as yeah. much and, and, and maybe don't love, you know, they, they maybe don't want America to succeed. Um, 
How, how have you been able to deal with that? I mean, that's definitely a difference between what you find in the military and what you find in politics. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating to me. I mean, we're obviously talking during a, a, a time of war, uh, not just in Ukraine and Russia, but in Israel. And you have people in Congress who don't believe that Israel should have the right to defend themselves. They're supporting a terrorist organization, supporting countries that support terrorist organizations. We have a commander in chief who's wanting to send money to countries that support terrorist organizations. So it just blows my mind, especially when it comes to national security issues. Just look at our border. I mean, we've had, I don't have the list in front of me, but we've had 30,000 Chinese Communist Party people. We've had uh, 43,000 Russians. We've had Palestinians. We've had Iranians. We've had people who hate our country that if you listen to the administration, are enemies of our country, and, and we're just letting them in on our southern border. I think it's over a 1,000 now, hundreds at least, known terrorists who have been apprehended on the southern border. More, I'm sure, that were not apprehended. And, I, and if everybody up here had the same safety and security focus to keep our country safe, we would not be dealing with some of the things that we're seeing, not just in our country, but in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so true. And obviously, the, the, the border security piece so important and we we just haven't focused on it and i think we're starting to realize what a mistake that has been i mean many people have said it's been a mistake for years but i think uh obviously with what's been going on in israel we see what can happen when you don't control people who come in and out out of your country Absolutely. so for sure um when you left the army what 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 made you decide to run for the florida state house. I mean, what was your original reason? Why did you want to do that? Yeah, I, ha I always had kind of a political inclination. I, when I was going through law school right beforehand, my senior year of undergrad, I had the opportunity to intern up here in Washington. And so I kind of caught the political bug and knew at some point, I didn't know how long my military career was going to be. And there was just an opportunity in my home house district, state house district, uh, where the individual was termed out. My father was uh, the sheriff of that county at the time. So I had a little bit of a a knowledge and, and name recognition in the district and knew that if I was going to run, that that was the opportunity to do it and take advantage of that individual being termed out and my father being uh, involved in local politics. And uh, so I, I made the jump. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I did six years in the state house and then two years in the state Senate and then got elected to Congress in 2018. And that entire time, military policy, uh, the safety and security of, of the American people has always been important to me. And there's not a better place to do that but in Congress and up here in Washington. Let me talk about the VA for a, a minute. Obviously, we got Veterans Day upon us here. And uh, it seems to me we don't honor our veterans in the way that we should, particularly through delivery of health care. Um, we're f at Americans for Prosperity, at Concerned Veterans for America. We're for providing choice to veterans to decide where they want to receive their care. The VA, which serves your constituents, just received a one rating in July, and you have a bill that would empower veterans to get health care through TRICARE or through the VA. Can you tell us a little bit about the Veterans True Choice Act and how you think that'll help your fellow veterans? Yeah, I would love to because I think this will revolutionize the health care delivery to our veterans. It's very simple. Any service-connected veteran who has service-connected disabilities due to their time in service will get TRICARE. TRICARE for Life or TRICARE Prime, that they would be able to go anywhere that they want to go at any time to get the health care that they need. And the federal government's going to pick it up, just like we do for our military service uh, retirees. And instead of being forced into a VA system that you just 
uh, annotated is failing our veterans. Bay Pines is the nearest hospital in my district has a one star rating. That is the lowest 5% of hospitals in the entire nation. I can tell you story after story of veterans being hung up on, not being able to get the health care they need, taking years to get simple things like uh, hearing aids, you name it. We are failing our veterans when it comes to health care. It doesn't matter how much money we dump at the VA system. It's been like $100 billion in additional funding over the last 10 years, and it hasn't changed our outcomes for veterans. So let's give our veterans choice. If you want to go to Bay Pines and you want to go to a uh, uh, one-star rated hospital, you have the choice to do that. If you're in Sarasota and you want to go to a local community health care provider, you have that choice. If you want to get your hernia repair, not by a doctor that you don't know and you've never, you have no relationship with and you know nothing about and you want to get it done by somebody that specializes in that, you will have a choice to do that. And I would submit to you that not just on the healthcare side, but on the mental health side, you won't see those 21 to 22 veterans a day committing suicide because when they call, they can call somebody right there in their community when they're having a mental health crisis and not be forced to call the VA who's going to hang up on them or who's going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get you in for an appointment in 30 to 60 days when the veteran needs a care right away. So I, I, I think it would be revolutionary to the delivery systems to health care for our veterans. And uh, I, I'm encouraging anybody watching to, to reach out to their members of Congress and get them to sign on to the Veterans True Choice Bill. Absolutely. It would be, uh, it, I kind of would liken it to uh, education and, and choice, right? When you have a system that provides for competition, I think even those VA facilities would get better if they yeah. had to in order to to stay in business, right? Yeah. I mean, when they start seeding patients to uh, other hospital systems, healthcare systems, doctor systems, and they don't have patients come in the door, they'll realize real quick that the patients, now that they have freedom to make a decision on their own, it's called the free market, is making the decision based on what's best for them. And the free market will dictate who's successful and who's not. That's right. All right, Congressman, one last question for you. I think your your life has been defined by the word service. Explain uh, to to our listeners, what that means to you. What does service mean to you? Service means putting others above self. And uh, it's it's for those Bible-believing Christians out there, it is the, the thing that Christ has taught us and, and taught us to put others beyond yourself, that we are here to serve, not to be served. And that's kind of the mantra that I use uh, both in my military service and now my service in Washington. And I think if more people in our country put other people's needs and uh, cares before their own, we'd be in a much better place in our country today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for your service, both uh, uh, through the U.S. military, through the Army, and uh, and through your service in Florida and then in, in the U.S. Congress. Thanks for all that, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Well, thanks to Congressman Stubbe for joining us. You know, I'm always amazed at the veterans that serve our country and serve our values and the freedom and liberty that we have really depends on their service throughout the years, whether it was from the Revolutionary War up through today. Uh, these men and women who serve and continue to serve uh, us around the world are just, it's just incredible to see the sacrifice that they and their families make. And so we thank all of the veterans who help serve and make America a better place and to uphold and defend those constitutional principles, that Bill of Rights that we all hold so dear. So thank you to Congressman Stubbe uh, for joining us and for continuing to serve his country 
in the United States Congress. Thanks for joining us. Remember, liberty and freedom, you have to defend them as well. Get out there and defend liberty and freedom. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.